welcome back to this episode of Block Party. As always, it's me, Chris Wong. And today, I'm joined by Austin Knox, longtime friend and expert in the space of asset trading. Today, we discussed the exploration of the new world of NFT trading, what his journey's been like, and what lessons he could impart to new people who are entering the space today. As always, the opinions expressed on this episode are our own and should not be constituted as financial advice. Do your own research and invest responsibly. If you want to follow Austin, check him out on Twitter at .com, that's spelled D-O-7-C-O-M. And you can always follow me at It's Me, Chris Wong. With that being said, let's dive in. Block Party is a tech culture podcast. We do tech for the people. We cover topics ranging from cryptocurrencies, blockchain, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and more. Our guests include entrepreneurs, creatives, and influencers. Block Party takes a unique view of tech through the lens of the people living it. Block Party is tech culture. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this episode on Block Party. Today, I wanted to explore the world of NFT trading from the participants who stand to make the most money in the space, the traders. I wanted to explore what it means to trade NFTs, what indicators professional traders look for, and what are the common fallacies that the public has with this industry. Today, I'm joined by Austin Knox, professional asset trader and longtime friend whose successes in the space range from across a large portfolio and even more interesting stories and perspectives. And I'm glad he's here today to detail some of the steps on his journey. Austin, thank you for joining us. What's up, Chris? How are you? What's going on? Uh, thank you once again for taking the time for this. Uh, I, I've really been looking forward to this particular conversation. Um, and I think that it's really important that the public knows what it's like to actually be on your side of the field and what it actually means. Because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to uh, expectations and the day-to-day. And I know you do multiple things. You didn't just start here in NFTs. Um, for the people at home, would you mind telling them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my, my full-time job, I do IT infrastructure. Um, and so I've always been into computers and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I actually met a friend at work, this kid from France, who was really into, like, Ether. This is in, like, 2017. He was really into, like, Ether and you know, all the cryptos and everything before it really blew up. It was kind of blowing up at that time. Mm-hmm. He was trying to teach me all of it and I kind of got into it then, but you know, I kind of looking back, wish I listened to him more because this kid probably right now is like multi-millionaire of ether. He has so many ether. He had like 40 K in ether when it was like, when it was 2017. So I don't know what had to be like around like a, like less than a thou, probably like six hundred. I think it was like three or four hundred per. Yeah. So we probably had a hundred ether at least. Anyway, so I got into it then. I was doing a lot of like, you know, VPN sketchy trading on like Binance and um, Bittrex, 
And then I signed in once from, I was in, I'm in New, well, I used to live in New York, and I signed in once without the VPN. They saw I was in New York and like made me drain out my account. I had a mad ADA back then when it was like 0. .0 something. Wow. Or like, it was crazy. So I like flipped that into Bitcoin and then like traded it um, back over to Coinbase. So, you know, over the year, like from then, from like 2017 to like 2020, I was just, just put it on auto. Like if you don't know anything about crypto and you want to get into it and you have a little extra money, just go on Coinbase and just buy like $50 or $100 or whatever it is and then just set it to auto purchase every week and just forget about it. And then you just go look at it whenever. So, and obviously like on top of that, I'm buying like shit that I'm like deciding that I'm purchasing, but I'm always like investing on a recurring basis without even like kind of thinking about it. Without being an active participant. Yeah, so like you could just auto auto set the purchase every week to $100 and just not even look at it. Mm-hmm. But like also, that's just regular Coinbase, but you can get on Coinbase Pro and like actively trade the candles and all that shit. So I was doing that. I got my bet. It's not that much, but I got up to like, like 36 or whatever. I had like a quarter of a Bitcoin, like five ETH or so, and like a shit ton of Shibu. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just rambling on now, but this is my whole story just to tell you how I got to where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. But I got, you know, it's like 36K or so. And this is something that everyone should pay attention to if you're getting into the space is um, you definitely want to get a hardware wallet called cold storage. Definitely, like, I would suggest to get a ledger. Um, but one thing when you set it up is you're going to have to make a a 12-word key. This is You never want to give that key to anyone or enter it anywhere. You don't even want to take a screenshot of it. You want to write it down on paper and put it in, like, your safe or something. Because I very stupidly leaked my key and someone drained my fucking wallet. I lost all my bread. Oof. So I lost, like, 36K. And that's really why I got into the NFTs. Because I was like, I need to fucking make some bread back quick. <laughs> And I just knew it was buzzing. Like, I, I was in a lot of groups, you know, reselling um, sports cards and doing all that stuff. But they kind of just, like, NFTs became the next thing. So I kind of just transitioned to that. And, like, being, you know, having a computer background and already, like, kind of having the crypto background and, like, understanding it a little bit, I kind of felt comfortable, you know, just going in on it. And, you know, you when you're at trading NFTs, you got to, it's like the most, it's very, very, very risky. Like you have to be willing because it's so volatile. You have to be willing to literally lose all your money (laughs) or whatever you invest. You have to just be willing to just lose and just completely forget about because it's really all based on hype. So, I mean, right now, obviously there's utility and, you know, all this, like merch and all these other things that they add in. But at the end of the day, what I've realized is it's all about the right, right. Currently right now, it's all about if the art looks cool and like, if it got some good retweets on Twitter from some like known NFT people, if that shit happens and you're in on a good project, you mint for like 0.05 and then it would say it goes to like 0.3 even. Right there, you you just went from like two hundred dollars to thousand dollars. So, 
yeah now speaking about that speaking about that particular point um I, I don't know what your particular strategy is, and I'd love for you to go more in depth into your particular strategy, but I know a lot of people in the NFT space hunt for whitelists, so basically the ability to get in at an earlier price point for their loyalty or by Twitter uh, giveaways and stuff like that. Do you uh, also partici participate in this uh, strategy of searching for whitelists on projects? Yeah, I mean, by getting on a whitelist is definitely the main thing you want to do. And honestly, what I've noticed, I going back a little bit after I lost all that bread, I kind of, that's when I got into NFTs and everything. And I got, I got really lucky. I got in on a project and, you know, always looking back like, Oh, I wish I got more of this, you know, whatever it is what it is. But I, I got this one, it's called Wolf game. I got in on it for 0.15. And then two days later I sold it for like 4.2 or some shit. Wow. So, Right there, I, like, got my bag back enough to, like, make moves and shit, you know? So, and, and speaking that's of when I just kind of got, you just get, you got to get lucky. It's all about the art, and, like, right now it's kind of switching into, like, NFT gaming. So if you see any, like, games, those are, like, like Hero Galaxies, for example. Yesterday, um, I got three of them for, like, 0.3, and now they're on their way up. They're at, like, 0.6, and they're probably going to keep going up. And I actually now talking on that point, uh, I remember a couple of uh, we had a conversation, you, me and Nay, uh, on just different ideas in the crypto space. And I remember you were telling me about how important like looking at the NFT gaming space is and the play to earn space is being widely purported across the market. Um, I remember you were putting me onto this one thing. It kind of reminded me of Oblivion, uh, the Red Village or the yeah Red Village. It's kind of like a RuneScape type of vibe, like RuneScape or uh, like. World of Warcraft. Their game isn't like officially out yet, but they got picked up by Sandbox. Um, I don't know if you guys know what Sand like Sandbox is like the biggest like NFT gaming type of. I don't even really know what it is. It's like they're the biggest. They're the biggest NFT gaming coin right now, and like I guess verse like metaverse type of deal. So, and they got picked up as like one of their like um, affiliates or early project. Yeah, like an affiliate type of thing. So, I mean, their game's not out yet, but any play-to-earn game, that's just going to be huge. Just anyone sitting at home earning ETH. And it's not, you got to think bigger than the United States. Like, there's people all over the world that have no fucking money. They'll try to get on this game. They make 30 bucks a day or some shit. That's, like, could change their life. So, like, that's the type of shit that's kind of crazy. Yeah, thinking, thinking about that, like, obviously the NFT space and the crypto space has grown so much larger than just the first world. Uh, I recently heard that in the Philippines, there are more people with MetaMask wallets or in crypto accounts than there are like actual banking accounts. And these are places where the economic disparity is so completely different. I've heard major success stories of people hitting it big in, in whatever project in different countries like Brazil, and they become the local money man. Like pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, I wanted to also ask you, so uh, speaking on just like... Uh, certain ideas and for people who are just trying to break into the space um like what would you what would you initially tell people that they should first be aware of when they're getting into this space outside of the volatility but um i've heard things like uh there's there's obviously you have to recognize that you're gonna run out of or you run the risk of losing all your money but uh there's also the the uh the waiting game right like a lot of it is just making waiting for to make the right yeah. game, right yeah it's all about like 
you gotta basically pick your strategy and just and be happy with what your strategy is. So, I mean, if you want to talk about people, let's like people getting into the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would say definitely if you want to get into the space and you have, I mean, you're gonna. I mean, let's. It depends what project it is. Let's just say there's a project. The mint is 0.05 for some reason, like 0.05, right? And then maybe there, there's the gas fee. So another thing, if you're new to the space, when you mint, when so there's the NFT, which is the art, and then you could either buy it on OpenSea, and then there's also the site called Looks Rare. They're like the two players, like in the marketplace game right now. So, um. Sorry, I forgot my point. <laughs> so, yeah, you, were, you were talking about gas fees and, and getting into the and getting into the, yeah, so the gas fees. All right, so, yeah, so there's a two there's a two um, marketplaces. So like you you could buy from uh, LooksRare or OpenSea. So there's like let's just say the project is like Chris's NFT, right? Whatever the mint yeah. the mint is 0.05. So when you're minting it for 0.05, you're not paying 0.05. Like you're gonna have to pay a gas fee also. So and it depends on how well the contract's written. So if the contract's written really well, you might pay a low gas fee, like 0.002 or 0.005 or some shit. But like, if there's a bad contract and say everyone wants this project, it's based on supply and demand. So if everyone wants a project and it's a public mint, which means anyone can mint it, like you're not on the whitelist, the gas, it's going to be a gas war. So like a gas war is when everyone's trying to mint at the same time and the gas fee shoots up to like an an outrageous price where you're paying like 1.5 ETH to mint some shit that costs like 0.06. So now you're in it for like 1.5 and you, and it's like insane. So that also drives the resale value because if everyone's minting it and they're paying crazy prices on gas, they have to make up for that. Obviously, yeah. So that's another reason why you want to get on the whitelist. So like if you're really new to the space, let's say you have 0.1 Ether which I don't know off the top of my head is probably like 300 bucks, 350 or some shit. Yeah. So, so like, so you can get, you'd have to go on a discord, kind of grind a project. So like a new, like a new fire project is coming out. It's three landers. I don't know if you can get whitelisted on them anymore, but I'm not sure what their mint price is going to be, but they're going to moon after, after the public mint. So like the whitelist, basically you can write, you can mint it like say two days or two hours, whatever they, whatever they like, choose before the public so you don't have to get in on the gas for you could just like mint it and just be good and then you kind of wait and you just let the hype happen and then you could sell it and now maybe let's say you sold it for 0.5 now you're in the game you got half an ether and now you could kind of make a couple more moves but it's all about being patient and kind of riding the hype and you do have to be willing to lose money because i've lost money on projects i've minted like 10 10 random ass project it just tanks to nothing and you gotta you gotta also watch you gotta watch the activity um and the volatility be- and or like the activity because like if mad people are selling it and like obviously you could hold it like yeah, the other day like I had this project I bought it like perfect example I bought this project Quirkies for point oh five I bought like three of them from like point oh five to point point three seven yeah point three seven two all three of them. So I made like 3K, but like if I held them one more day, I would have made 6K. So, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, or I could have just, or, but like, or it could have tanked to zero. 
you just never fucking know. So it's just like my whole strategy is like, I just don't look back after I made my profit. I just got to move on to the next project because, you know. Always look forward, never move back, right? Yeah, you're gonna look, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. Yeah, and and that's um that's also another thing. It's just like the psychology of being able to navigate this space. It it takes somebody with uh a higher risk tolerance than a lot of other people to really be successful in this space. And I always advise personally if you don't have the risk tolerance for uh massive swings in in vol in uh price points, then you should probably find a different investment strategy in general financially. Um, yeah. Another, another, another question I want to ask is, uh, for new people coming into the game, obviously they see one ETH as a lot of, a lot of, uh, capital to throw up, obvious, uh, $3,000 just off rep. Um, but some people have said this is the base minimum that you need to start in this game. Um, do you feel, do you agree with that idea that you need one ETH off rep just to, uh, participate? Not at all. Not at all. I 100% disagree with that. I mean, let alone I proved it yesterday. I bought say say I I literally just got back into the NFTs kind of. I I should have stayed doing it for like I don't know when I sold Wolfgang. It was probably like three months ago. I made that little bag and I was kind of just chilling on that. Now I kind of got back in the past couple two weeks or whatever. But I started with point six. I had point six in my wallet just chilling. But mind you, I didn't. You could have got in. Quirky is my example that I just gave. I got in for 0.05. I sold it for 0.37. If you held it, it could have been 0.8. You know, so you got it. It's just like just about the slow. It's about the slow grind. Like if you got if you get on some whitelist and you sell, you get a 0.02, 0.05 whitelist. You could mint and you say you have 0.1. I would say you would like you need like 0.1, 0.12. So just bare minimum, just. Just to be comfortable to play in this. Just, just to, just to be comfortable to like pay the gas fee and like, cause also, uh, yeah, another thing on top of that is you, ha if you want to sell, you have to pay a, a gas fee also. You have to like sign on OpenSea, so like, you have to do this per project, so not per item. So say I mint, say there's like Chris, Chris NFT A and Chris NFT B, they're two separate projects. So Chris A, I minted five of them. I minted five and point oh five, right? And now they're selling for point one on OpenSea. But I just spent my I spent my entire bag on minting them. Yeah. I and I have I have literally have zero ETH. I got point oh 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 one ETH or some some shit where it's like pennies, right? I'm not I'm not you're not gonna be able to post to OpenSea. Cause you're cause you need to pay like fifteen dollars or whatever. It's a very minimum fee, but you need to pay it to sign that contract to post that specific project. So you just have to pay that fee one time. And you can post all five items, but you have to always keep a little bit of a bag. So I would say, like, keep point one for the, um, you know, NFT or whatever you want to buy, and then keep like point oh two just to be able to post it. Okay. And then if you want to cancel your list, and you'd have to pay for that too. So there's all there's always little fees here and there that kind of add up. So, but but to get in the game, you probably need like point oh five. I mean, like, I mean, you need like point one and get on like a point oh five mint. Mm -hmm. But you gotta, you, you gotta get lucky. Like, if you don't have that much bread, you're gonna have to really do your research and and pick a specific project. You don't like, you don't have the extra money to just be aping in on everything. Absolutely, you always gotta be tactical with how you move and where you move. 
And this actually brings me to another point. And uh, this is a point that you and I are both aware of, um, that a majority of NFT projects and projects in general happen on the Ethereum ecosystem. Now, a lot of people have problems with like high gas fees during certain points of the day or poor contracts being made. Uh, do you feel that there's um, better entry points or even good projects that exist outside of the Ethereum uh, ecosystem like Solana or Avalanche? Or are you, are you primarily focused on, on Ethereum as being the place to make these kind of large gains? I mean, me personally, I've only um, done things on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done some EWE things, but I mean, I know I have my eyes. I had my eyes on a couple Solana projects. I've never bought them, but I've seen how they've gone up. I mean, you got to just think about it this way: like, if a project's if a, if you buy say the mint's one soul, and it goes to fucking ten soul, that's still not even like. I mean, I don't know how much. So, what's soul at right now? Hundred. Yeah. So, it's you know, okay, that's a, that that's a thousand bucks. Yeah. Which is which is like, you just have such a more of a chance to make more money on the ETH because ETH is just worth way more. And and these people, like when you're buying NFTs, like you're no one's looking at it like it was eight, like it was three thousand bucks. You're looking at it like it was one ETH. And that just, that, like, psychology of it just changes the whole, like, I don't know, people are just like, yeah, I spent five ETH on it, which is, like, just five, but at the end of the day, that's, like, fucking $15,000. Yeah. Or some shit. But, like, I don't know, people just, have, people just, like, that have mad ETH, like, I don't know, that's just the way I look at it, like, I don't, like, think about it, like, I'm like, oh, I just spent $800, I think about it, oh, I just spent, like, 0.3 or some shit on my one. And like I don't know, it doesn't seem like as much to me, but I think that's I, one way. I I I I highly agree with that uh sentiment. A lot of people misunderstand the psychology of of this environment when it comes to the economics of it. People are always so quick to attribute it to uh fiat currencies, so like the dollar or the euro, and yeah. and they lack the um the awareness that this is a ecosystem that is financially independent of the dollar sign because obviously and you and i have talked about this before is like just because the price of eth goes up and down the project itself isn't going to go from 0.1 eth to 0.2 eth exactly like nfts don't i mean kind of like like when eth goes down nfts go up because it's like you could buy more eth because like the project's still going to be 0.1 but you could get for for your hundred dollars or let's say you put five hundred dollars in you're going to get 0.15 now instead of 0.1 yeah and you could turn around and buy more nfts with it. it it doesn't like correlate like that and then kind of going back to the point with the like solana thing mm -hmm. how like you know point you know point three point three seven is probably like point three six is probably like um a thousand bucks and 0.36 ETH, so like that's low for an NFT. Yeah. Like and and mind you, if that was on Solana, Solana would have had the 10x already. It, like 10 Soul would just look so much bigger. Like it's just a it's just like a psychology thing. Like 10 Soul just looks way more, even though it's way less. It just seems like way more than 0.36 ETH when you're just buying. I don't know. It just 
And that's why you just have more chance to make money because the shit just moons. Like it goes like, like say some shit you get on a project, it goes to fucking two ETH. Yeah. You just cash the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, why, yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's all luck though, and you gotta pick and choose. I mean, I, if you want to get into like my my suggestion, if you want to get in on something, you don't have that much bread. I would do a lot of research. I would try to find an NFT game. I mean, profile pictures are cool and everything, but, you know, that shit's... People are starting to realize the real utility of, of all this shit, and I think that is something you probably want to get in on early. Speaking of market... volatility, um, yeah. and, and I, think it's, I think it's pretty... I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I, I just think oh. about... about um, because obviously you and I both follow the news or on any given day of what projects are going up and down and just what markets are moving. Uh, are you aware of what happened with Squiggles? With Squiggles? Yeah, they like stole like $7 million or some shit. Yeah, like, well, uh, uh, long story short, like the guys who are behind it are, and I don't know the full story because I'm, you know, I'm not the internet police or nothing like that, but uh, apparently these guys are responsible for a lot of, um, uh, what's it called? A, a alternative profile pick nft projects where they would just make i think they're called the nft factory or something like that and it, and this goes back to the volatility point and the point that you made earlier which is like do your own research make sure that you stay uh absolutely i mean that project, i'm pretty sure the mint was like one ETH for that project that project i think the, minted, yeah sold out they fucking moved all the funds to a different wallet closed all their shit and that was it i was i knew all about that like it looks sick. I mean, the art looked fucking sick, but you know they were fucking partying at the club later. <laughs> so yeah, they had Squiggle Boys crazy. with the champagne, champagne and the firecrackers. It's crazy because it, it's the like on that note, it's the fucking wild, wild west right now on this shit. No one knows. There's no like regulators. There's no regulations. There's no no one knows where it's actually going. No one knows what products are actually gonna stay around. The main shit right now is if it fucking looks is like it's a cool fucking artwork and like some some people on Twitter with like thirty k or more followers retweet it or like Gary V says something about it like that's what's controlling the market right now or like or like Cosmo de Medici which is like apparently Snoop Dogg yeah um, I saw that yeah oh here's like some tools and just some random shit like I don't know if you if you guys go to paper paperhands.gg you could put in any wild address you want, and it'll tell you how much like how much they've papered, like how early, how how much money they've left on the table by like selling shit early, and then they tell and they'll tell you how much they're diamond handing by like how much shit's in their wallet currently. I fucking put Snoop Dogg's wallet, the Como de Medici wallet. Yeah, shit has thirteen point eight billion dollars worth of NFTs in it, bro. What? You heard that correctly. Thirteen point eight billion. Yo, Cliff walking on the United States of America yesterday, I, and I, he's got thirteen point eight billion on a ledger somewhere. Bro, I gotta give it to him. He he's really he's really ah man. I I I do have so much respect for uh, Snoop Dogg and his motions in this space because it's insane, dude. It's, it's that's that's something that people fail to recognize is that uh in this game. You stand as equal as a chance of making a lot of money as people with a lot of money. But the people with a lot more money are making exorbitant moves in the space. Yeah, I mean, you need a, you need the, 
he has enough money to buy any project he wants, and on top of that, whenever he tweets about it, he has like a monthly newsletter or a weekly newsletter or some shit. He it's called like shilling, like when you shill a project, mm-hmm. it should it rockets it anything that he talks about. So he also has that, like he could mint some shit, talk about it, and then it could just go up. That's another person, him. And also another thing I've noticed, I mean, I've talked to some of my friends about this and, and like, my groups and shit, they don't really agree, but I, this is something I've fucking, I've noticed and I'm kind of going to stick with, at least for, you know, another, at least it's another project or some shit, is, obviously you have to go on Twitter, like, the big shit is Twitter, whatever's buzzing on Twitter, if it gets a couple good retweets and shit, but I've noticed, bro, any... People like the Board Ape Yacht Club people and the M- M- Mutant Ape Yacht Club. That whenever they like like a project and they start retweeting it and shit, they all have bread, so they just scoop the whole floor up and then they just hold the project and that just automatically makes it go up. And they they control the fucking market sometimes, bro. Like back months ago, fucking I don't know when it was. I, like there was like a Board Ape Yacht Baby Board Ape Yacht Club. Um, project. It was like all the apes, but they were just like literally the child version of them. Mm-hmm. And it was going do- like it came out. Everyone picked it up. Oh my god, so cool! The art, blah 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 blah. A couple of retweets. It was fucking rocketing. And then some dude. Then one of the traits or attributes was like skinhead or some shit. And everyone is just like was got all like upset about it. Then they literally like destroyed the project just by like. I don't even know, man. They're crazy. I've noticed that, but also, like, there's someone in my group that has a board ape, and so, they, I don't know. It kind of just depends. He's not a... There's, like, a certain... Because, like, people on Twitter will, like, follow... You know, it's, they follow people. That's just what it is. So, like, it depends what accounts it is. You know, it's all to your own research, but, like, that's that's something to look out for. It's all about the fucking retweets and checking activity. Another site you can go to is NFT Nerds. Dot AI, um, and kind of check the volume there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and absolutely. And by all means, feel free to call out all the uh, tools that you use because I think it's important that people know how to access this space responsibly with the tool, the best tools to put themselves in hand. And for everybody listening at home, I'll be putting these into uh, the description of every episode just to make sure that you guys are fully equipped with the tools necessary to navigate this space. And speaking of navigating this space, I I also think while we've been talking for a very long period of time, I think it's important for people to recognize that the reason why I brought Austin on for this episode is because uh, I've known you for a very long time, uh, Austin, and I think people should understand that you're very well versed in the art of not only reselling and trading assets, but you've been in this game outside of NFTs for a long time. You've, You've seen how market movers move markets, just like we were speaking about Board Ape Yacht Club. One tweet moves an entire market. Snoop Dogg tweeting moves an entire market, causes buyers to buy out the floor underneath things. These are things that you're very familiar with. And I think it's important for people who are listening at home to recognize that you are, in, a, in so part in my life, an authority when it comes to the art of reselling. I- yeah, I mean, I love reselling anything my whole life. Like, I mean, it's, it started with sneakers with me, I would say. I was fucking flipping sneakers before fucking sneaker con was a thing. I think I went to the, um, one of the first sneaker cons in New York City. That was my main shit, flipping kicks, Jordans. My eBay store was popping. 
I guess it's just a reseller thing to me, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of, the reselling plus the computer, it kind of just... Merit, hand in hand. Yeah. And and I think I think that's important also for people who are getting into this space to understand. If you're about to buy or if you want to participate in NFTs, because I'm pretty sure you get asked this question all the time, is like and I get asked this question all the time, is like, what are NFTs? How can I participate in this market space? How can I be a good a good buyer yeah. and seller of NFTs? And it's a lot more than just NFTs. It's a it's a psychology of reselling. It's a psychology of knowing what is hot and knowing yeah. when to move it. Is that a apt way to put that? No, absolutely. I would say like, you know, if you want to, so there's like the two type of people in the NFT space. I would say, you, you there's the quick resellers, and then there's the people who like believe in projects and are like holding the art and shit. So it it depends. Like I, I don't know who I would be speaking to right now, but if say say you want to be you want to make quick flips. But like my my suggestion, I mean, obviously you got to build up, you got to build up a little bit of a bag before you could hold anything. But say you start with point one, you get lucky, you mint something for point oh five, it fucking moons a little bit, you you got a point four sale. I don't know. You're gonna always have to like. There are obvious risks with either either yeah. strategy, right? Like it's, obviously, if you paper hand early, you run the risk of losing out on money on the table but then if yeah, you money hold the project table. you end up uh running the risk of watching that project crash and burn exactly and then if you crash and burn and say that was your and that was all your money now you're out of the game you can't even Buy you can't game. even participate anymore so it's like you got to be really smart with your first move and maybe that's why people say like you need one eat to get started because you're gonna fuck up like like, there's no guarantee. I mean, if you get on a whitelist, if you want to get in the game and you don't have that much money, you have to get on a whitelist because you're gonna play a get. You're gonna get in a gas war, and you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to make money. Fair, and I think I think that's a proper assessment. I think it's important that uh, new first comers understand that this is a community, and you and I both just said this. Uh, Twitter is a huge part of this game. Discord is a huge part of this game. It's important to know your research. It's important to have the right tools equipped. And I think, I think the last thing that you, we just spoke about, the, the fact that you run the risk and there are going to be mistakes that every person is going to make. I mean, obviously you've made, you've been hit. I've been rugged uh, probably like once or twice when it came to projects. Thank God I've never taken uh, such a, crazy hit but i think it's important that i and and maybe you can agree or disagree with me on this but not only to understand a certain level of risk retention and to have a little bit of risk tolerance but to avoid risk like things like hardware wallets uh if you're planning to spend any type of money over a thousand dollars in my opinion you need a hardware wallet because this game is very high stakes with a lot of rewards but a lot of ways to be able to finesse people and i think if you're going to involve yourself in this space you definitely need a a a hardware wallet to at least secure your transactions absolutely but on that note you definitely need a burner wallet also because say you now you're in the game a little bit right and you fucking got a little extra money so you got now you got your one ETH. 
you can't be connecting your ledger to all these random ass sites trying to mint like because these sites that, i don't know if you guys know or anyone has metamask here listening but if you go to your metamask and then you go to the little dots in the corner and then you go to connected sites you might be connected to like 10 sites already that you don't even know about they got access to all your i don't know i don't know they have access to your key i don't think they do because i've been connected to sites for this is a newer precaution i've been taking but you know definitely check that and make sure you're not connecting every site so in metamask you could transfer in between your wallets so if you have like your one eth you could send your other wallet like 0.4 mint on that and you could also have like also you could hit double mints like say like you can only do five per transaction you could hit on two different wallets but you don't want to connect your wallet to all these different sites and also it's all about speed so you don't want to on your ledger you have to put in your pin and say you already put your pin in and you have it open and ready you got to click through you know like there's like four or five things you got to click through and then you got to sign it on the laptop or the computer even on mobile it's just tap 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 click 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 and it and then you're like you know you're going through and that one or two seconds five seconds can make a difference a real big difference in the gas uh if you end up thinking what you think you're going to pay and then you end up paying yes, or even just getting it say you're on OpenSea and you're trying to buy floor oh yeah someone just snipe you out i've i've actually been uh seeing a lot of people show me uh tools like alpha sniper that just snipes on on floor and this other tool um genie genie i think it's genie.xyz genie. let me just confirm mm-hmm. But uh, this is another uh, product that helps you uh, make it. Yeah, genie.xyz. So it's like the, it's called the NFT market aggregator. So you pick which NFTs you want. You like say the, the project, you know, you connect your MetaMask, you pick which project you want, and then it shows you like all the NFT, like you pick OpenSea or whatever. So I think it's connected to OpenSea. It shows you all the. Um, it shows you all the, all the listed items, and you could pick on like you could pick on ten of them, like one through ten. You have to pay gas on each of them, but then you could just put the transaction through and like sweep the whole floor instantly. And that's that's. I mean, this is like this is like some whale shit. This isn't like something you're going to be doing when you first get into NFTs. But once once you once you fall cool the check out. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's super cool, and once. And obviously, we're talking about ultimately speaking, we're talking about three different stages. Like of I don't even use Genie. Like I would never. I mean, I haven't used it yet, but you know, I'm on OpenSea buying one at a time. Try. <laughs> I'm trying to snipe. You know, I don't got. I'm not trying to like that. Like, uh, I'll try to find Genie's wallet wallet address and I'll give it to Chris, and he could he could put it on the OpenSea and show your show its activity. These people are buying like 30 pieces. Like they're not buying like two or three. They're buying like massive amounts, 30, 10, 15. And I so. think I think it's also really important for people to understand at home that when we're talking in the course of this discussion, we're also talking about multiple different stages of the NFT trader. For most people, they're going to be getting in uh underneath probably half an ETH. So 0.5 ETH. But there are players out there bigger than Austin and bigger than I who are moving hundreds of ETH 
worth of of nfts of assets and obviously the the holy grail for everybody in this space right now as we speak is uh owning a board ape you know owning a one of the collection of the board ape yacht club which is i believe the floor right now is at 115 or something like that and yes we're talking about massive moves in this space and and uh, it's also important for people to understand generally what stage they are at and and not to get frustrated i i feel like that's a, a common thing that people get frustrated by their lack of um uh immediate gains you know people see people see 0.1 eth or 0.2 eth as a as as small when they're in comparison to like point like 4 eth or 5 eth or 10 eth on these kind of crazy projects uh do you feel like do you feel like a thing that people should understand is is to make sure that they understand the scope of their involvement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to know where you're at. I mean, if you only, if you got 0.1 ETH, you only got 0.1 ETH. You can't go, you know, I wouldn't go around, I wouldn't go spending, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, if you have 0.1 ETH, I wouldn't buy something for 0.08. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard, like, and I see where it's people come from saying you need one to get started but i mean you really don't but if you want to like gamble it's it's a gamble i mean it's a lot of research if you don't have the money if you don't have extra if you don't have like extra money to like make a move it's a lot of research i mean the main goal i mean honestly if you don't i would say build up the build up your capital first and be able to like make a move or two word and uh, before we end this conversation, because I feel like we've gone over so many different points and I, I really want to explore this conversation in another episode. I, I really actually found this very helpful for not only for me, but for people listening at home. Um, before we end here, uh, do you feel like there is uh, anything that the, the general public should be aware of before we go? Do you think they should know? What, what do you think your new NFT traders should know off rip entering this space if you had to lead them with some words of wisdom um absolutely never enter your seed phase any anywhere um Facts. be willing to take risk only invest in projects that you actually like like look at the art read the roadmap read the white paper like look at their twitter see their engagement check their followers you got to do your research you can't just be like, you know, just following what other people are doing, especially, I mean, you can, if it's like, a, I mean, the only place you're getting real information from is probably a paid group anyway. You're not going to get any, like, you're not going to get a play from someone on Twitter that's just like, hey, buy this. That's going to be like, like a blatant show that they probably got paid to do. So... I don't know. You gotta just do your own research. Definitely do your own research. Absolutely. Definitely don't put your seed phrase anywhere. Definitely be, you know, able to tolerate risk. Don't just go in with your last four hundred dollars thinking you're gonna fucking make ten K because you're not. And if you do, I mean you might, but it's gonna be very like you're not gonna. It's gonna be very lucky. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm hoping that these people do. Like I'm not gonna say you're yeah austin thank you so very much thank you thank you so very much for taking the time to, to to talk to me today and talk to the people at home uh everybody uh 
uh, Austin, where where can they follow you for advice? Uh, you're on you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, I'm on Twitter um, at dot com, but it's d o seven c o m. Word, Austin. Thank you for having. All right, thank thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.